Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> so, it is really good to be home. And just seeing what God is doing. It's good to see everybody's face. Thank you all for the prayers. This uh, I, I have been on this trip, I don't even know how many times, I mean over 50 uh, dozens and dozens of times, and this this one probably ranked in the top three or so of difficulty, which is weird because we have AC there now. I mean, what more do you need in Nigeria but AC, right? Now, it, it wasn't that it it was just the warfare, so much warfare. And even this morning, um, the Lord had not laid anything on my heart, had not given me anything, even coming in here and, and uh, just seeing people talking to people. And, and so I lean over to Cole during that first song, and I, I said, Cole, I, I think we're just going to be private this morning and just go out to Ignition people. Uh, maybe he'll just have me give an update, and, and maybe he'll have a, a personal word or something like that. And... Cole said, okay, so he puts it on God Squad that it's going to be on his thing, be private. And, and then that next song hit, which was the song before, the, before communion. And it was just like, boom, download. So I lean over to Cole. <laughs> I said, guess what, Cole? I was wrong. We are going to be online this morning. Because the Lord has something that is very important. And it, it actually is interesting because it has to do with what all of us go through. But even for me specifically, what I went through these last two weeks or 12 days, whatever it's been. Um, but uh, let's go before the Lord and pray, and then we'll begin. Father, we worship you. We praise you. We love you, Lord. Lord, thank you for Rich's word this morning. Thank you for communion this morning. Thank you for worship this morning. Even though it was you that we were worshiping, we get so much benefit on our end. The intimacy that Rich talked about is found in that worship with you. Honestly, that, that's the bedrock. That's the beginning. If we cannot find ourselves in worship to you on an intimate level, we will not find ourselves in communication with you on an intimate level. We can't. No such thing. Because that's how you created us. Says in your word that we were created for love and you are love. It's not just that you do love, it says that you are love. You're the very thing that our created selves needs, must have. It's not even a choice, must have. So I thank you. 
I thank you for opportunities to worship together in unity. There's great power in that. The enemy is afraid of that. And I thank you, Lord, that you guide according to your will. I ask, Father, that you speak according to your will this morning. Speak through me. I give you my mouth. I give you my will. Everything about me is yours. Do only your will. None of my own. God, and I trust you to do that. We thank you and we praise you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. There has been a spirit, and I've said this before, but there has been a spirit that has come against us in Nigeria for a long time, almost since the very beginning, since I first started going there. And it was hidden, really, the first number of years until, I, th- I think it was, was it the January trip where I saw him? I think it was the January trip. When Lord opened my eyes and I saw him for the first time, this spirit. And, but more than seeing him, it's a knowing that he's there. This is a spirit that brings division. This is a spirit that, through whatever means necessary, tries to infiltrate to bring divide, bring division. doesn't always manifest in that way. In fact, it usually manifests in difficulty. Manifests in pain. Manifests in many of the things we go through here. Right? So... Back in January, I think it was, when I saw him, I declared, Lord had me declare that I saw him and that he cannot hide. Well, this this trip, these last two trips, last few trips, um, I haven't seen anything, but I know he's there. There are manifestations that come out each trip where we see more and more of his exposure But his demise is coming very quickly. Man, what happened on the campus this trip was extraordinary. Things that that we got to see in this was the first time that all of our employees there, and we have almost a hundred of them, they each invited a guest and we had this big banquet night to kind of celebrate for Christmas and end of the year and stuff like that. And I mean, I've been intricately involved the entire time and it blew me away. I didn't expect it. I'm just looking at the faces of the people whose lives have been changed, who have affected the lives of their families and all of this. And I just saw in that moment the demise of this spirit. 
It, it wouldn't be because of some great new weapon that the Lord would give me. Or finally being able to see it so I could go after it. Or knowing its name so I could take it to court or whatever. It, it wouldn't be because of that. It would be because these people said no. No. Said you will not stop us. No matter what. Because we know in whom we believe. We have seen His grace. We have seen His provision. We have seen His glory. And we will not be persuaded to fall to the side. And there is nothing more deflating to the enemy than a person with faith willing to step in endurance. See, that second word's the tough one. Faith. Man, everybody, that's what pleases God. Have faith. We all get on board with that one. Yeah, I'm going to have faith. I'm going to believe. Then creeps up that second word, endurance. Enduring faith. That faith standing in the face of nothing to show for it. That's hard. That's hard. That's where the bride is right now. No, let me back that up. Bride's confused. Bride's all over the place. That's where the remnant is right now. The remnant has a choice of what it means to endure in that faith. And I'll tell you what, during that second song, when, or it might have been third, whatever song it was, where the Lord was taking this to me, it was sparked off a conversation I had with Greg just in the welcome or whenever it was. And I was thinking about what the Lord had, you know, for this morning, thinking, okay, we won't be online. And, and he, he said something to me that I had said to Greg just a few minutes before. He said, rub, rub some dirt in it. Okay, I mean, I know what that means, Lord, but, you know, I, I, I just figured I'd get up here and tell you how my trip went and how tough it was and, and everything else. And, and he said, you know what? Rub some dirt in it and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 or chapter 6. So I want you to do that. He had me read this passage. And all these things were real familiar, but one just, just reached out and bit me. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I'm going to begin at verse uh, 3. Actually, just before verse 3, two and a half, you might say. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. And by the way, this Paul talking about this, and he goes into things that he has to deal with in order to do what he just said he was doing. He said, by great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless night, hunger. Wait, 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 wait. Back up there, Greg. Sleepless nights. I, I'm pretty sure in all the hundreds of times, perhaps thousands of times, I have read Corinthians, I don't think I ever read that. Because I probably would have remembered as I was up all night, every night, the entire time. Getting a, maybe an average of three hours of sleep a night. And, and the thing, it, it, it wasn't up because I'm, I'm sick. or I mean, I was sick, but it wasn't because of that. Have you ever gone to sleep so tired and then when you lay your head down, you're so awake? It's like, okay, I could literally run a marathon right now. My mind is going so fast. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, Lord, what, what do you want to say to me? And he starts putting all these things in my mind. And all I could think of was a track loader. I, I mean, does anybody in here know what a track loader is? I know, a few, I know Greg will. I know a few may. It's a tractor, basically, with tracks, loads things, comes with attachments. I'm laying there after, hour after hour. Okay, Lord, what attachments do I need for this? I'm thinking, okay, and all this stuff is just coming to me, and I'm not sleeping, and I'm thinking, you know, are you really trying to talk to me about a track loader? See, I had to endure. I had to endure because of what God was doing on that trip. Not even so much what he was doing in my life. I had to endure these sleepless nights. Hunger, I didn't really have to endure that. We had lots of food. By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love. Verse 7, by truthful speech. And the power of God with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. Through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise, we are treated as impostors and yet are true. As unknown and yet well known. As dying and behold, we live. As punished and yet not killed. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. See, what God was saying here through Paul is there was a cost to his calling. Paul saw the end game. In a football metaphor, he saw the end zone. And that's where his eyes were fixed. That's where his emotion was fixed. The getting there 
didn't matter as much except that he knew he had to step. Man, these are things that we're going through right now. I mean, our church is going through it. We've said this for a long time. If you're here in ignition, called to ignition, you are called to leadership. Not just leadership in this church, leadership in the bride. I'm not going to explain that right now, but this is a calling that costs, and it costs heavy. But your cost is not just for yourself. Just like Paul, you're fighting for everybody who doesn't know to fight for themselves. Man, what a privilege. What a privilege to do that. What a privilege to be called to do that. But yet it takes, what he said there, it takes endurance. It takes endurance. And I remember the thing I hated the most when I used to play football. It was when you would start out the new year, you'd start out, and this is beyond the spring, spring training is a little bit different, but you get into August and... You know, you're kind of getting into the preseason and they don't care about how good you are at something. They just need you to be able to endure. So you run and you run and you run. And when you're done running, you run some more. You keep running. You're tired? No, you're not tired. Let me show you what tired is. Go do 10 more miles. That's what tired is. And when you're tired, we're going to eat breakfast. Then we'll run some more. It's about building your endurance. It means doing things you don't want to do. It means going through things you don't want to have to go through. I know in football, when you get hurt, the only injury that is difficult is the one that stops you. Twist an ankle, tape it up. Put some support on it. Tape it up. In college, they didn't let you take pills. They just said suffer. But you tape it up strong enough and, and you can move. You're not stopped. In this movement right now, the enemy wants to stop you. And, and in some cases, he may be able to do that. In your body. But your body is not what brings the victory. It's your faith. It's your not stopping. It's your praying for each other. Praying with each other. Praying, listening to the promise of of God. Holding on to those no matter what. No matter what it looks like. Like, man, the Lord... It couldn't feel like we're farther than the promises than we've ever been. And yet God says, my promises are true. He said to me before we left, He said, I am faithful to you. He prefaced that by saying, this is going to be a really tough trip. (laughs) He said, I want to remind you first, I am faithful. Faithful to you. 
That means if He calls you to do something, He'll give you everything that you need to do it. And yet, so often, we get hit, and it stops us, or slows us down when it doesn't have to. And I don't mean just getting hit with pain. I mean getting hit with life. Getting hit with work. Or opportunities. Man, there's a big one. You know, Satan's really good at dangling that carrot. When we're supposed to be plowing. That's a tough one. That's a tough one because you look at that and you say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And all of a sudden, his voice went silent. It's because he's already told you. He's already shown you the goal line. He's already shown you the prize. He wants you to stay steadfast on that mark and pushing forward. Because His promises we could count on. In fact, that was the second place He took me. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 says, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may what? Receive what is promised. See, God is faithful in the promise. Verse 37, For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. See, why do we sometimes shrink back? Because our eyes are not fixed where they need to be fixed. If our focus is provision, if our focus is pain-free, we're going to miss where our eyes are to be fixed. Our eyes are to be fixed on Him. Our eyes are to be fixed on what He has promised, what He said. And I don't mean that He's promised us healing. Guys, that's coming. That's coming. I'm saying the promise of His coming. That's where our eyes need to be. That's where our excitement needs to be. Because He is the one who will save this world. He is the one who will crush the enemy. And and by the way, this isn't generations after we're gone. This is this generation. It's happening now. How extraordinary to be able to say that. See, that's not something Paul could say 2,000 years ago. But yet we could say it now. Why? Just because we kind of feel it? Well, I kind of feel like, like this is the generation and this is the time. No, it's because God has said it through his prophets. It says in Amos 4 that he does nothing without first telling his prophets. And his prophets have stated this, that now, <clears throat> excuse me, now is the time. 
Now is the time of the readying of the bride. Now is the time of the bride to come to a place of rulership on this earth, not to get back at the enemy, but in fact to destroy the enemy. It's not just about making the enemy the slave. I want the enemy dead. And by the way, who is the enemy? The enemy is, are the enemies of God. I'm not talking about any specific people group. I'm talking about those who would not yield to God Himself. Why is it important? You know, I, I am all for the American way and, and how... And, oh man, this could get me emails. But I am all for the American way. I'm all for freedom of religion. I'm all for freedom of speech. I'm all for those things that America is made different because of. Because what that has done is that is allowed choice. And we all have and need choice. But I'm going to say this. The enemy has had his time. He's had his time, which has affected us, putting abortion on us, putting the things that are abominable to God on us. And we've had to take it. Why? Because free speech. Because the right to whatever. Well, guess what? That's not what I read when I read what Jesus does in the thousand-year reign, which, by the way, we're not in that. We're not even heading into that. That is with Israel. We are in a foreshadowing of that, which is the same thing. He will rule through His bride on this earth who will rule with a rod of iron. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you just go and beat people with a rod of iron. It's ruling with a hand of righteousness. Why? Because those who are a creation of God are built to receive that, are built to receive His love. The, the rod of iron is to get the enemy out of, out of the way to receive that love. It says when the righteous rule, the people are happy. That's what's coming. That's what's coming. That's what is on the goal line that you have to keep your eyes on. And then when you deal with the difficulty going through that, when you're wounded moving toward that goal, you rub some dirt in it. Keep going. By the way, you know that's a real statement. It's not just a figurative thing that, you know, I, hey, don't let that bother you. Just keep it. No, no, it really, really helped. What it was, I, I don't know it. I, th- I think the phrase is older than, than the SEAL teams. They just kind of use it. But I think there's probably more to it because I think there were, you know, healing properties in the soil that would stop this and do this and blah, 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 whatever. That's not how I know it. 
how I know it is in the military when there is an open wound. You pack it with dirt because you're on the battlefield. It stops the bleeding. And you keep going. Because if you can move, you can fight. Now, there are times where, where somebody can't move and they're taken care of. But we've got to have this attitude as the remnant bride of Christ that we're moving in faith regardless of what we get hit by. Whether it's sickness, whether it's pain, whether it's sleepless nights. I've had sleepless nights for a long, long time. And a lot of pain for a long, long time. But see, it can't stop me. It can't stop me. And I'll tell you what, that purchases more from the enemy's flesh than if you didn't go through anything. Why? Because that is the gold that's tried by fire in Revelation. That's the gold tried by fire. Don't sit there and wish that nothing happens to you. Because if that's the case, you're saying, Lord, don't put me on the battlefield. Just bring me out when the victory's won and everything's good and, and then I can just have a testimony for you. What kind of testimony can you have? Testimony comes from hardship. And I know I'm speaking of the choir here because if you're part of ignition, you get hit in unique ways. And you get hit in constant ways. That's just how it is right now. But if you could see the pounds of flesh that are taken out of the enemy when we persevere. Oh my goodness. It's coming. It's coming. The, the Lord told me years ago that there, there's coming a time where the enemy will stop trying against ignition. Because, because it costs him too much. Do you know every time the enemy comes against you to stop you in God's plan for you here, it hurts the enemy when you resist. Gloria, you're going on, or Georgia, sorry, you're going on like 14 days now or 13 days, 12 days of pain. Yet moving forward, I mean, you're here. I didn't even think I'd see you this morning. See, that's perseverance. That is literally, and I won't do it, but, but it's kind of, well, I won't even reference it because then I'll get in trouble later. It's just saying na 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 to the enemy. You can't touch me. You may hurt me. You may, you may do this. You may try to do whatever you want, but you can't stop me from going for that goal line because that's where the prize is. That's where the winning is. And i got to tell you, being involved in sports my whole life, it's a lot more fun to win than it is to lose. If you haven't figured that out yet, let me just clue you in. God wins. 
He does. And, and never more than this generation. Never more than right now. What he is doing is extraordinary. I'm telling you, you want to press in with everything you have and endure. Because when you endure, there's something that happens in your life. And that's the third place he took me. So I want you to turn to Romans chapter 5. And the fourth place he told me, I don't think we'll get there this morning, but I'll tell you about it. You could look it up on your own. Romans chapter 5, <clears throat> let's just start at verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Recognize what it says there. We don't, it doesn't say we rejoice in the glory of God. No, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. See, we aren't experiencing yet His glory. We have little bits and pieces of it that He lets us feel. But when His glory falls on this earth in magnitude... It's a game changer. So what we have now is we rejoice in the very hope of what that is. By faith. Verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Wait, what? Who put that in there? That's got to be a typo. No. We rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because it says, knowing that suffering produces endurance. You cannot have endurance without it coming against you time after time after time after time. Because that's literally what produces the endurance. But see, the endurance is also not the end game. When they ran us at the beginning of football season until we just dropped, it wasn't just to build our bodies up to where we could run longer, have more air capacity. It wasn't just that. It was partly that. But it wasn't just that. It was literally so we would build up the character to be able to go on when nobody else would. That's where we're at as a remnant body. Building up the endurance to be able to move forward in the character of saying yes when there's a great cost to it. Let's keep reading. It says, the suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, verse 4, and endurance produces character, which we just talked about, and character produces hope. That's an amazing thought. Where does hope come from? Character, which comes from endurance. See, you can't have hope 
without going through stuff. I mean, you could claim to have hope, and then the stuff comes, knocks you flat on your back, and you have no more hope because you gave it up. Oh, Lord, just, just heal me. I can't take this anymore. Just heal me. Just do this. I can't take it anymore. I can't even focus anymore. And that's the time. Right then is when you say, But God... But I will anyway. Because you will give me strength. You will give me everything I need to move forward. I'll rub some dirt in it. But God, you stop the bleeding. That character produces hope, verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, that's where God takes it. We build all this up through endurance and building character and then having hope. And God takes that hope and he says, I've got this. I will manifest this. Because that hope is not in you, it is in Him. And He can handle it all. He can take it all. So understand, endurance is a a big part of this whole thing. Endurance is needed especially when you're making the right choices. Especially. I mean, you can make wrong choices and bring on the calamity on yourself. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you make the right choices. When you give God your yes, constantly. And then over and over and over again, you're getting hit. You're getting hit and you're you're wondering, when is this going to stop? Why can he even hit me? Trust me, I've asked the Lord all those questions. You want to know his answer? Because there's a big cost to what's being purchased. See, Jesus paid on the cross for everything. But he's waiting for his bride To be ready for him, which means taking up that mantle and dismantling the enemy. That's not a small task. It's a big task. That's why he said it requires unity in my people. That's what it, that's what the enemy's afraid of is, is that unity. So when we fight through the difficulties that we deal with every day. There's something purchased in that. When I fought through in Nigeria every day, it wasn't until the last day that I realized what the purchase was. And it was our expansion to another area. We've been going up to Joss just about five and a half hours. Uh, I guess that's kind of a little bit north 
east of where we are. And we've been wanting to expand up there for a long time. The enemy does not want us to expand up there at all. He has made that very clear. (laughs) We went up there this time to look for land. And I prayed, Lord, show us the land that you want. And he, he told me, I'll show you the land. Don't worry about the cost. No problem, never have. That part's on you. You could provide a thousand, you could provide a million, whatever. So we got up there, and all the land pieces that Michael had already looked at to show me, we, we had fitted into this one day, and, and there, there were good ones. Nothing really hit me like, okay, this is it. And then the realtor says, hey, I just had another one pop up that, you know, kind of, kind of is in the same category that you're looking for. You know, maybe you want to go see it. Michael asked me, I said, yeah, let's go see it. We got some time. We went and saw it. I walked onto this space and immediately I knew. (laughs) Immediately I knew. And it wasn't because the buildings were good. Honestly, it was because it had a garden. And it was so incredible. I mean, this was a garden. And I'm looking at this place and I'm thinking, man, somebody put a lot of passionate love into this. And we're walking through the place and I'm, Lord, you know, is this what you want and, and everything else? I have this good feeling and, and all this. And I, I walk around the edge and, and when I say a garden, there's tons of different flowers, tons of different plants, seven different fruit fruit trees, whatever. I did not know grapefruit grow on trees. I, I don't know why I thought they were like a melon and they're on the ground. I'm looking at this tree and it's got these things like this and I, it looks like an apple, but that can't be an apple. And they said, no, that is a grape tree. I'm like, grapes? Grapes are this big. He said, no, 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 that is a grape tree. I said, okay, cut me one open. He cuts a, oh, you mean a grapefruit tree. Okay, that makes sense to me. But I'm walking around, and guess what I saw? Literally, that morning or the day before, I was talking to Yvonne about, she was showing me this flower, and she loved this flower. And so I was telling her what my favorite flower was, me being the serious, cool man that I am. Yeah, uh, I said, I said, my favorite flower is a bird of paradise. If you know what those are, I've only seen them in Southern California. I used to walk by groves of them, and they're really cool. Well, guess what? I walk around the corner, and here's this big old bird of paradise bush. I'm like, wow. Okay, Lord, this is the place. And then we went into negotiations, and the lady was like, no, no. We were dealing with her attorney, and her attorney said, well, you know, maybe if you get on the phone with her and talk with her. And so I got on the phone with her and talked with her. I told her who we were, our story. We're a church. And goes, she goes, ah, she said, because she lives in the States. Her and her husband are here in the States. She said, oh, you are a church. You are a ministry. I said, yes. She said, oh, then yes, we will deal with you. And they came down. I mean, they, they, they negotiated with us fairly. In fact, they gave us a deal that made it possible for us. 
And so we have closed on this property. Want to hear something cool about this property, though? Because one of the things we need to do up in Jaws, one of the ministries we're starting up there is is a transition program, which is what one of the things we have down in McCurdy, where we're teaching young people a trade and stuff like that. So we, we have to have businesses up there. Well, the business is that we, we want to have the poultry up there, but we wanted to start something unique that we can't really do in McCurdy. We wanted to start a hatchery, and we've been looking into this for about three years. So we wanted to do a hatchery. Well, guess what? <laughs> right across the street, this lady owns the property that is effectively a hatchery. I mean, a little bit of stuff that we need to convert, but it's, it's basically turnkey and go for it. I, I just, I, God is so good. He is so awesome. So what did that buy? What did my pain buy? What did the endurance purchase? Forward movement. Forward movement that the enemy didn't want to have happen. That's what he's doing in your lives. Don't, I want to, I want to caution you because when we get hit with stuff, especially physical stuff, we think, okay, what's wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Lord, is, is the enemy having this, this way with me because of something that I have done wrong or maybe something that that I should be doing. You know, maybe, maybe I'm not doing, you know, maybe I'm doing something I shouldn't be or not doing something I should be. You know, and we just, we just start to go round and round with the Lord on this. See, that to me is a separate issue. As you press into the Lord every day of your life, He'll tell you when you're off. Don't, don't couple the two things together. Because if it is, he'll show you, he'll tell you, he'll be clear. But recognize sometimes his allowance of attack is because it purchases something very important. It builds the endurance that grows the character that fulfills the hope. And we're fighting for more than ourselves. We're fighting for the bride. We're fighting for those who don't even know how to fight for themselves. Don't even know. They don't even know that they're supposed to be fighting for themselves. They don't even know that something's spiritually going wrong, even though though they may know Jesus is Savior. And I'll tell you what. God has called us to fight for them. Some of the things we take on are not just for ourselves. They're for others. Things that this church takes on as being part of this church, even if you go somewhere else, doesn't matter. If God looks at you and He sees you as ignition, you are paying a price for more than yourself because somebody has to somebody has to and that's what brings the hope
And God will fulfill that hope. You just watch. Because there's some extraordinary things going on right now. Hopefully soon I can tell you a little bit more about it. I could say this. God is gathering together an external team. He is pulling together specifically seven prophets. Please don't ask me who they are. Even on our own, don't say, you know, you could tell me. Don't, don't ask me. It'll play itself out, and you'll see. But this is coming to a point now where God's voice is going to be very silent. I don't mean on a personal level. He, will, he promises never to leave us, never, never to forsake us. I'm not talking about what Rich was talking about when he said communication back and forth. I'm talking about when the Lord tells his prophets what's going on. And we've even heard that through the prophets, that there's coming a a time of silence. But there are some that he will tell. And it will get out. You just have to trust that what he is doing is setting up something extraordinary. Man, fill it with hope. You guys have endured. It has built your character. Now fill it with hope. Fill it with hope no matter what the world looks like. No matter what happens. No matter what falls from the sky. No matter what drives down the road. Fill it with the hope of His promise. Because we will endure. And we will conquer. Because Jesus is our Savior. And He is the Lord of hosts. Alexis, come on up. You know, as I watch um, Greg on these trips, especially on these trips when they're really difficult, um, something as he was describing what that but God moment is that I've observed and God has been building it in my own faith is that it's, it's a weird it's a weird place that when, you, when your faith rises to that but God moment, it's like what your faith is waiting to manifest is actually a reality when you plow through and you can't do it. Sometimes, you know, he'll be up all night and with this incredible headache, just incredible, you know, neck pain that causes the headache pain. And um, sometimes he's up from sleeplessness. Sometimes it's just plain pain. And I've watched it firsthand. And yet we will go from, and the Lord, as you had mentioned, he had mentioned before this trip that the Lord, when he said rest, he said, be sure to rest. And he he did. But I have seen, and others, um, moments where, you know, the level of exhaustion, if if you would call it behind the scenes, where he's just dragged, you know, gets himself up and... And, you know, in that faith decision to say, okay, man, you know, my body is going a different direction, but my faith is headed to exactly where God's taking me. There's something of a threshold that he crosses, and suddenly he's equipped. 
He's clear. He's focused. He's speaking with a volume, with a clarity, with a power. And I'm going, what did you did you get? I mean, is this an alternate universe? Like what is happening here? God. And and it's like in those moments, he's actually operating. He's functionally within the manifest of his healing, yet not being healed. That's what it means when we throw out some of these little cliches, you know, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. But you know what? He does. If your faith is there, I have seen it in my own life. And and the Lord has, has been teaching me over and over, stop considering how you actually feel. Doesn't mean that you don't consider and steward and make decisions based on things. But be careful. Be careful when you lean on your own understanding, stewarding outside of faith. You, you, the entire course of your life becomes altered if you steward from human reasoning rather than stewarding from faith. Because I can tell you, I do. I was saying to Linda in one of the Bible studies, she's like, well, you don't look like you're worse for wear or whatever that phrase is, you know, in terms of all the travel. And I thought to myself after we talked, I thought, you know, I have no idea. How, with the time difference, with the one plane to the next plane, to the sometimes being able to sleep, sometimes not, you know, getting off the plane, greeting everybody, meetings, you know, you just immediately jump into a new time zone, which is now six hours and will permanently be so. And as the Lord leads, that's just where you are. And he taught me early on through, he teaches me a lot through OPE, which is other people's experiences. I've seen people from Anissa, from our first trip. I remember seeing a couple people that were on the trip with us. I remember seeing, and that was the one where I, it was tough, and I cried myself to sleep quietly and privately every single night, completely overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. There wasn't AC. I just remember hanging my head out the window of the car just the, the, the smell of the Nigerian air will just, was just, a, it became really a precious memory, but I just kept thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And it just was different, you know, and I just, I was so far from home. Everything was just overwhelming me. But I remember thinking, Lord, as I'm saying yes, you know, just equip me. And he continued to do so. And yet I saw others that would stay back. Well, I'm not feeling well, so I'm going to stay back. And, and I said this, be careful, I be careful as I say this, this isn't about establishing principles. There's something that's beyond the principle. It's not like when you don't feel well, you, you, you take care of yourself and you lay down. Don't make a principle out of that. Make a, Lord, this is how I'm feeling, but what are you saying? That's really where it is. Because you can't, you can't blanket say when you're not feeling well, you should keep going. No, because that's not true in every case. There, there are rights and wrongs, but then there's beyond that, which Pastor Kay preached on, the beyond right and wrong, that is the voice of God. But I remember in that trip, the, the decision of somebody with us that they continued to step back, step out, and it altered their course. Later in the trip, more and more and more, Things began to be altered. Opportunities placed before them by the Lord that he was fully going to equip them in. There was a resistance. There was a no. There was a no. Do you know that to this day they walked out of the will of God? They walked out of their marriage. They walked out of all the things that God had had for them. And 
it just completely derailed. And it started by just shrinking back in little ways. So it's interesting, as I was listening to even what Greg was saying, yes, we believe in healing with all of our might. And there is a manifest healing in the outpouring of the Spirit of God that's coming. But there is also a manifest healing in the equipping in a moment where you're like, Lord, I can't do it. And yet I feel the call that you're asking me to step in spite of. And when you step, something manifests in that moment of equipping that feels like the manifestation of what wasn't there before. And it's so powerful. It's so significant. Because I don't know how I do any of the trips. I don't know how I'm clear in all of these meetings, speaking into things that, you know, I'm just like, Lord, fill my mouth. You know, give me Give me whatever I need that you're telling me to do. And and sometimes we don't even know what we're doing. One of the worst times was just simply trying to get ready. We were going to a big event at an IDP camp. The queen was going to be there. And we were doing a, you know, a a presentation uh, that was with another ministry. It was a big, big deal. I so powerfully, significantly put a metal pick into my eye and scratched my eye. I mean, it was so bad. I just, for a full half hour, 45 minutes, I was just on the bed, just, just rocking and crying. the pain, couldn't believe it. I mean, you talk about something that would derail my morning. And the Lord just, I, I don't even know what happened. First of all, there was more going on in the moment. I discovered it was witchcraft. The Lord brought, brought my breaker and that was a whole thing. But he broke off of me what was oppressing me, lifted the pain enough to where I could keep moving if I rubbed some dirt in it, if you will. And I remember thinking, Lord, I have no idea how I'm going to do this, but I'm putting on my sunglasses to protect my eyes, and I'm going. Because I knew, and and it wasn't about right or wrong. Would God's grace have been with me if I said, oh, Lord, I just can't do it. I poked my eye. You know what? I'm just going to step back. I'm just going to. But I also knew that his His presence and the hand offered to me was, go and watch me equip you. And so as I did that, I couldn't believe it. And that became, that by the end of that day, that whole event that I'm telling you, the pain in the moment was like changing the course of the whole trip for me. It became a distant memory by the end of the day. It was like, oh, yeah, this morning I poked my eye. That's weird. It's it's gone. And it was gone. You know, The Lord knows the end of the story, and the testimony, as Greg said earlier, is in the test. You don't get the testimony unless you cross those thresholds. So think of those moments. Think of those but God moments, not just as the quote-unquote but God. Think of them as the moment of manifestation, if it's him telling you to do it, that what is on the other side, your yes given to him to step and be here will, will be the manifestation of the healing that you need to accomplish that task. It may not be the permanent feel good. Okay. Woo. Now I'm healed. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm waiting for my sight to be healed. You all are very blurry right now. I'm waiting for my sight to be healed, but in the moments I need my sight, he gives it. And if I can't see it, he recalls to my mind in memory scriptures 
things said. I don't even know what, what's happening. He fills my mouth to say what I need to say when I can't look at it. So there is an equipping. So in a sense, I'm walking in my healing now before I'm healed. Do you get, do you get what I'm saying? It's very, very powerful. That is what faith does and is doing. And it's very, very exciting. So just know that that endurance produces the hope for more of what I just described. That's where he's taking us. And you know what? What's going to happen? And I said this before, but what's going to happen is then when the permanent healing, the permanent, now I'm completely restored and I live in moments when I'm just existing. I live in this place of healing and I wasn't before. It'll be kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess I can see I am healed. My hip doesn't hurt anymore. You know, my back doesn't. I'm just there. And it won't be some huge major thing because you'll be so used to all the sum total of the but God moments because you just plowed through anyway. You just did what you needed to do when he told you. And so it's like every but God moment walks us into that point of manifesting the fullness of the restoration that is promised us. And that's what I'm excited about. So believe him. Believe him. Thank you for that word. And honestly, thank you, Lord, for that word. Because I knew he, he's so funny. He looks over me. Pray for me. I got nothing. You know. <laughs> and I always know that it's just about a download. It's like, okay, Lord, just unlock it. Because when you spend time in the secret place, all he needs to do is unlock what peace he gave you. In, his t- in your private time with him to release part of his heart. And so he had me pray over him, and I just, I, he just put the words in my mouth. I said, Lord, release your heart this morning. And that's, that's what he wanted. So that was from the heart of the Father. And, and by the way, he'll use any vessel that he chooses. Um, just like the morning a few weeks ago when he told Greg, nope, after this sleepless night, you're staying home, and, you know, I'll fill whoever else's mouth. And I didn't know whose it would be. He filled mine, but, you know, it could be anybody's. So be ready. Give him your yes for whatever it is that you, that you need. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise your name. Help us to endure with your strength, with your power, God, believing you now for what is to come. But in the now, as you speak, there will be water under our feet when we step out of the boat. Because that is who you are in whatever way that that looks like. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.